Well, hello there. Welcome to Above Board with Canderpath. This is the Rich B, or you can just call me Rich. That's what my friends call me. And also along with me, or next to me, or with me, or around me, are John and Matt. They're actually in their own houses, so I, I don't know. Are you guys with me? We're with, we're with each other virtually, right? Well, we all live close by, too. We're basically, we're always with each other. <laughs> Hello, Richard. Hello, Johnny. Hey, I like hi. to call you the Rich B because it makes me feel like I know like a famous person. It's so Jersey Shore, though, isn't it? It's kind of like the situation, the Rich B. Sorry. Um, so this was the most awkward intro ever. I apologize. <laughs> but I've got some cool things to say. So you might have noticed or you might not have noticed that we've changed our name. So if you were here for season one when it was the Three to Win podcast, which we love that name, we decided to kind of change things up a little bit. So now we're above board with Canderpath. And we love this whole idea of above board because of the whole concept of above board, meaning being honest and transparent and being real. And we realized that a lot of the conversations we had in our basically first season of our podcast, really that's what they were. It was just, you know, three people talking about just some honest things, you know, being real, being honest. So you're going to see a little bit of a shift in kind of the format um, and, um, oh, format. Oh, that's like a funny thing, Matt. Like yeah, we can hey, say format. Me. Like it's all about you. Um, but you're going to see a little shift in the format. We're going to have guests sometimes. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. We are so psyched about this. So you've got John, you've got Matt, you've got Rich. We're here to be above board with you. Welcome. So today, our kind of intro, our kind of opening salvo of the second season is living to 100. And yes, living to 100, meaning 100 years old, but also living to 100%. See what we did there? So a little bit of statistics on the whole idea of living to 100 years old. So I looked this stuff up um, and my sources are random things I found on the internet that of course you can trust. And one of the sources said that less than 1% of human beings in the US are 100 or older. That was new to me. In 2012, the most recent stat I could find, 316,600 people worldwide are 100 or older, which I thought that sounded a little low, but that's what I found. And then I was curious, like, countries. So I looked up the top five. So what do you guys think is number one, if you had a guess? Sweden. Norway. No, those aren't even in the top. No. Number one for 100 is Japan. Number two is South Korea. Number three is Barbados. Number four is Portugal. Number five is Thailand. And then I just skipped to number 10. The United States is 10th, Canada is 11th, and the UK is 14th. Wow. I know. I wasn't really surprised about Japan because I've heard that before. So I kind of thought that was kind of some interesting stuff. So Matt, John, and I did this test. And I guess, is it okay for me to say the website? I should, Oh, I don't see why not. Yeah. Yeah. So this website- Should we reach out to them to see if we can be a sponsor first? Just kidding. (laughs) That's right. Um, It's, I found this this website, livingto100.com calculator age. So it was livingto100.com forward slash calculator forward slash age. Don't know how accurate it is, but the questions seem kind of legit. So we have not shared with each other what our living to 100 years old calculator age is. I am, as I sit here with these youngins, and by far the oldest. I'm 54 years old. John, tell the kids how old you are. 34. Matt? I will be 40. 
Is it two? Oh, come on. I don't know. You don't listen after 40. You don't, you just, it's just, I'm over 40. Your forgetfulness kicks in after 40, I guess? (laughs) Yes, it does. It's very convenient that it happens directly at 40, by the way. So, so I'm over 50, Matt's over 40, John's over 30s. We have a good mix. So let's go to Matt. Matt. How yes. old did Living to 100 say you're going to live to be? Well, Hold on, why I... don't we do... No, I'm not going to tell you the number. I'm not going to tell you. I want you to guess closest to the pin wins. Okay. Um, I don't know. We I can mow someone's lawn. I mean, well, listen, we're neighbors. So I'll clean I, up the dog poop in the yard. I would guess 98. Johnny? 94. You're both too high, um, but uh, closest to the pin is John, 91. I okay. think, though, like, I went very quick with mine, and it asked some very specific, like, numbers about cholesterol and those types of things. And I'm actually, after this podcast and after we have our conversation, I'm going to see my primary for, like, my annual visit. And I'll get, like, blood work done, so I'll actually have some facts that I can apply to this. Uh, it's just the timing was not right to do that today, so... Um, I think I kind of flubbed some of the numbers, but 91, and I'll take 91. I mean, that's a good number. I don't oh, know if I want to live to 100, guys. I think I, I think I should, I think I should go next for age, because I already okay. know, I already know Rich's. I, I don't know Rich's, but when we guess his, it's going to be extreme. You think I'm going to guess yes. John is 96? Uh, you know, listen, I'm going to go higher than mine, 95. But that's because he's younger and there might be more science and technology by the time he hits his advanced age. And that might be true, but not as it related to these questions. 87. <gasps> what? I couldn't believe it. Because, I mean, and if I lived 87, that's a great long life. But I was like, wait, what? why isn't it like 150? I want it to be older. I would think the same questions as you. What did you answer no to that I answered yes to? probably all the packs of cigarettes and illicit drugs i do no i'm just kidding i i don't know it might have been family history and my dad died um when i was young but i i don't but so did y'all's so i that you know that answer would have been the same but um it did ask when our uh, all of our fathers did pass away it did it asked it asked it it asked if you had it asked if you had like close like close relatives that lived to be in their 90s and stuff so okay so go ahead guys guess guess grandpa rich's all right grandpa rich go ahead all right, well, he's not going to have the longevity because of science and technology because he's years older than John. So by deductive reasoning, I'm going to say 88. Oh, I'm going so different. I'm going 106. <laughs> 106? That's 106. Like, that's so dumb. This is living to 100. I don't think you can go past that. Yes, you can. What is I, I actually had, because I'd just been to the doctor, so I actually had all the cholesterol numbers. I had everything. 98. Good for well, you. That's dude. the most out closer. of all of us, right? I, yeah, but like you said, they're going to have like, you know, people freezing their heads and stuff by the time John's that age. So oh, yeah. They'll just gone, like, they'll clone him or put his, his awareness into like an AI. But <laughs> well, that's either. what I'm hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a, actually, it was a really interesting test to do, whether it's accurate or not. It just, it, it got you to think. So let's talk a little bit about this. So let's, let's stick to this whole concept of living to be 100 years old. So first of all, you know, um, in my life, there are some people in my family who have lived 99, 98, 97, like really, really old. My mom is, is early 90s right now. But a thought came to me recently, which was, and, and I, this may be an actual quote from somebody, but that some people are actually cursed with a long life. Like some people live a very long time, but maybe it's not 
good. Maybe they're not healthy. Maybe they're not enjoying it. Maybe it's just like their genetics, their DNA, they're still alive, but they're not alive, you know? So, um, you know, John, I know for you, you look at it in a way that you want your elder years to not be like that. You want them to be significant. I know you have, um, and we, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in, in future stuff as well. We may have mentioned it in, in the first season, but you have some strong feelings about living to 100. This is something that's meaningful to you specifically. Um, it definitely is. I don't, I'm not sure where that comes from. Uh, on my mother's side, my grandparents lived a very long time. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that I like the idea that I'll be able to see my kids and then my grandkids grow up. Um, I've got this crazy thought that I have to, at the very absolute minimum, live to being uh, to the age where I can walk my daughter down the aisle when she gets married, uh, which we'll talk more about, I think, in later episodes too. But uh, to me, that's like the first litmus test. I have to live to that age. Then past that, everything else is maybe a bonus. But I do want to get to 100 because I want to see grandkids. Um, I joke that everything I do, we get to work with so many different people in different phases and walks of life. And it just seems so fun to be a grandparent. I like watch this with, with my mother. I watch this with other people, uh, clients work with. And I don't know, that's, that's like a big goal for mine. I, everything I do is to be a grandparent someday so I can give the kids candy, do all the fun stuff and then walk away for the hard stuff like timeouts and bedtimes. Um, also, you know, my dad dying young, I, I was 24. And so there's, there's, there, I think that's probably where that stems from. If I'm being truly honest. And, and something for, for folks that are brand new to us, uh, there's a, a common denominator between Matt, John, and I, uh, regardless of the fact that our ages are, are quite different. We all lost our dads at very early ages. Uh, John just said when he lost his dad. Um, and how old was, was your dad, John? 67. Right. I lost Six- my dad when I was 23 and my dad was 60. And Matt, you lost your dad. How old were you? Uh, I was 29 and he was 66, two months and 30 days. Wow. So, I happen to have his placard sitting here on my desk. So I'm able oh. to look at it at all times. And it's like the, you know, the in-memorial one that you get like at the funeral home. So I actually was keeping it on my desk, but that has the exact number. It makes it really easy to be able to recall back when that happened. That's well, nice. I, thought, I, I thought that's amazing. I thought about my dad the day that we're recording this. My dad's birthday was just a, a, you know, a few would have been uh, a few days ago. And I, I just think back on how much life, because I'm 54, my dad was only six years older than I am right now this moment when he passed away. Let, let's talk about in your world, in the financial planning world, for, for those that are listening, you know, that's that's the world that John and Matt inhabit. I inhabit the healthcare world. So we, we all look at this in some interesting ways. What do you see with this, with living to 100? And, and we'll talk about that, and then, and then we'll talk about you know life expectancy and extending life and some things that we've learned that we believe in and that we're messing with. But what do you guys see? What, what's, the, what's the thing in the financial world with living to 100? What's different now than it was 20 years ago? Well, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting point because John and myself, we, we have clients from all walks of life. Um, and we, by nature, keep our clients for a long period of time. Our, our planning practice isn't a revolving door of clients. The same clients that we had 15, 20 years ago are still clients to this day. And this actually happened last month to John and myself where we had three clients that in our minds were still 50 year olds. You know, they're, they're still, they just, they just retired. They hired us to help them with their finances. They're, they're in my mind, they're still that same 50 year old that they were 20 years ago. Um, but we got three horrible diagnoses, um, a colon cancer and ALS. Mm-hmm. 
and um, another type of cancer for, for clients. Uh, and, and so actually, John and I, brought, we had this conversation. I said, out of nowhere, our clients are getting older and we're starting to see that age materialize. And we thought, my gosh, why is this happening all of a sudden? It's not all of a sudden. Life is now catching up in a, a lot of those instances. So we're really seeing, and, and we get a very unique perspective of it, Rich, because clients come to us and say, here's my money. I want to make sure I don't outlive it. And um, they give it, you know, and that might happen at 60 or 62 or whenever they decide to retire, maybe at 65. Well, if we're talking about living to 100, that's still in some cases another 30 plus years from now. If they started working in their 30s or really started picking up work in their 30s, some of them could be retired longer than they actually worked for. And so it really creates a unique planning perspective on our parts. But we really get to see a lot of different avenues of, of how age not only impacts their life, but also impacts their money. I think that uh, another component to this is the science with longevity is changing. So people are living longer. The advances in, in medicine, um, even, even just in the last couple of decades. I mean, I feel like, <clears throat> Rich, you probably know this better than I do, but like the advances we've seen in the last 20 years with medicine probably uh, is... It, more than we've seen in the last like hundred years prior to that, or some some crazy number like that, and um, we'll run. You know, we'll talk to clients about okay, you want to retire at this age, you know, let's say sixty, and we run these financial plans, and they've got good, gen, you know, good uh, family history, good genetics, and we run these financial plans to you know age one hundred. Sometimes I do them even older, and they're like, "Well, I'm never going to live that long. Why would you even show me that number?" And I'm like, "Well, this is part of how we have to stress test this because what if you do?" I mean, like, what if you do? And so we don't want this thing to work until only age 90. And then at 91, if you lived a year longer than, than age 90, then all of a sudden this thing fails. Well, especially you, John, because you're going to be, you're going to be the first one to die. So you want to make sure that your clients are set up great because you're out of here. (laughs) And there's nothing worse than having a plan and a client saying like, Matt, I want to run out of money at age 87 because I think, and we're at 82 right now. And we're like, okay, we got five years left. You're looking pretty healthy. Like you, you told me you're okay with the plan running out at 87 and we have five years to go. So just, like, I hope you have that in mind. And so, you know, we, we do run into those types of situations. Just, just send them like, like that old Seinfeld episode, just send them to Disney world. They could drop a thousand like that. Right. Well, exactly. <laughs> yes. well I was going to say that this, this uh, quiz, this questionnaire that we took, I mean, I, I'm almost considering at least with some clients incorporating this because it would be super fascinating to see, based on how these answers go, because there's obviously some scientific reasoning behind. I mean, one of the questions that stood out to me was, how often do you eat red meat? And, and, I, and, and as I was answering it, this is very self-reflective, but I'm like clicking three to five times a week, and I'm like, oh no, I know this is a demerit. <laughs> and I knew, and, but it made me really think about, yes, this is something I've, I've been trying to change to like a more Mediterranean diet anyway, so that was kind of an eye-opener, but, um, I'd be curious how other people see this type of quiz and maybe possibly incorporating this with our clients because this is, if we, we always joke that if we know the end date that someone's going to pass, this makes all this planning wildly easier because we can, we can plan everything down to the, down to the funeral arrangements on the day that it's going to happen, but it doesn't work that way, you mm-hmm. know, and there's a lot of what ifs. So, uh, it's, it's, it's important and it's definitely eye opening for, even for me to take this quiz and realize that I'm not as... Not as spry as I thought I was. Well, you you are. And let just, okay, so let's get into it then. Because I think 
you know, first of all, if anyone ever listens to any of our podcasts because they think like we have all of the answers and we know we don't, this is why it's above board. We're just being super honest. Like we're learning along with you, with you all. But what are some of the things, John, this is something you're passionate about. What are some of the things you're doing today that you think if you, you could give me the top two or three or whatever, what are some of the things that you're doing? Cause it's such a passion of yours to live longer, to, to live healthier, to get to the, not only walking your daughter down the aisle, but maybe walking, you know, your granddaughter down the aisle at some point. Wow. Whoa. That gave me goosebumps thinking about. Well, I think you like, should look at that because I think your daughter down the aisle is kind of a low bar for you. You're so young. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Seriously. You're okay. Fair enough. Um, but I, so fitness is, is definitely big for me. I, I do work out most days, almost every day. Um, and as we'll talk about later in these, uh, in this season, I did worked out for 75 days twice a day. Um, I think getting your heart, heart rate up, getting your heart pumping, that's pretty important. Um, and drinking a gallon of water a day for me, Matt disagrees. That's the worst and idea ever. I'm going to, you know, you had me up to this moment. If anyone's listened to a previous podcast, you know, that's a horrible idea to drink a gallon of water. Matt, I'm saying it tongue in cheek. I know it's healthy. But you pee like a racehorse. Matt and I both. That interrupts your productivity, which then increases your stress, which then does make you, (laughs) according to our little fact checker here, living to 100, it was a stress question. And if you're peeing too much, stress goes high. That should be one of the questions. How many times a day do you pee? pee. Matt and I literally were so stressed out, this drinking a gallon of water thing. We both tried it. And I'm older than them, y'all. So remember, I got up seven times a night. It was horrifying. So I just, I drink as much water as I can. And to be honest, just to interrupt John, but to add to what Matt said, I have significantly increased the amount of water that I drink, not a gallon, but significantly. And the one thing that I have to say that I have noticed 100%, my skin is cleared up. Like I, I'm not saying I have the best skin in the world, but I was always breaking out with like these like big zits, even at 50 something years old. And that's 90% gone. So I, I oh, something to it. But go ahead, John. So go ahead. Fitness, what about go. what about sleep too? I mean, for me, I think that's 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 a huge component. So you talked about sleep interruption when you had to get up and pee seven times. So obviously that that ends up being counterproductive if you are drinking too much water. And I get that. I try to stop my water intake around 6.30 p.m. because of that exact reason, by the way. But trying to get eight hours of sleep every day, that is really important. And I don't have a lot of... It's more maybe anecdotal at this point, but I know these like wearables, you know, so people are being you know able like even with the the Apple watch, you could track your sleep patterns and stuff. Those types of wearables are, are like becoming the thing that everyone's talking about. Rich hold is, on. Rich yeah, hold on, hold on. John wearables. also has a wearable, the, the posture one. Yeah, we're going to talk I wearables. I do. Yeah, I got it right here. You tried to give it to me. Because I have two. I bought one for my wife. She didn't want it. But it was I, like one of those. It was like one of those Kardashian waist cinchers no no was it is it grow uh, upright go and it, it <laughs> you glue it to your back <laughs> I, I mean like i'm not trying to crap on the company but like you glue it to your back and like it's and listen <laughs> I, i'm the tallest i think now. out of the group and my yes. posture is by far the worst out of the three of us but i still would not glue anything to my back and well i got nervous when john said wearables because we were just talking about drinking too much water and having to pee and i thought he was talking about like pull-up stuff so i just totally <laughs> I but mean, yeah, you're, maybe I you're like, onto something. Efficiency I mean, there is sounds, why not? Sounds good. But I mean, I've got I've got my Fitbit, and honestly, the sleep thing for those of you that are, I, I have to tell you something that, and well, we'll get to me in a second, but we we do have to talk a little bit about sleep. But let's just let, let we we are we're all in our ADD moments here. We all have that. Um, so, John, fitness super important to you. Drinking lots of water, 
what else? Diet. You you've you've shifted your diet significantly. Yeah, no, I, I've I have I have actually moved towards like I, I mentioned before, like Mediterranean style diet, which is restricting red meat, obviously. I'm working on that. Um, but restricting red meat, more fish, more good healthy fats, uh, leafy greens, vegetables. That that is that stuff's huge. And what I, what I will say is since doing that, how much better I actually feel. Like the food that's going into my body that's fueling me. Um, you talked about your skin being clear with with consuming more water. My mm. my body feels infinitely better by replacing a meal with a salad instead of having a cheeseburger. And and I, that's that, obvious. I get well, hold that, up for but, dinner last yeah. night. I had a cheeseburger, um, but instead of fries, I had a salad. So does that count? Sure. As, that's a, yes, that's it's incremental. incremental. It's yeah. it's like it's like in the book from James Clear in, in the book Atomic Habits by James Clear he talks about <laughs> making these little incremental changes is what is what's significant. And for those that might be watching cuz this is we are videoing it, this but for those that might be watching this on video um John looks great. I mean, your skin looks great. Oh, You're super healthy. John was sending the lighting me a filter. The, the lighting no, and the makeup. That, that's a filter he put on. Fake. Is that a He's filter? Got, yeah, it's a snap you, filter. I don't know. I've seen him in person. He's Soft cute. curves. He's cute. Um, and that's where he works out too. He works out at curves. Have we like completely eliminated six sponsors in the course of twenty so. minutes You're of the podcast? We're no, done. No one, no one wants anything to do with us with that in that way. But it's and okay. Nothing's wrong. We're nothing's fun. wrong with curves. It's a great fitness place. I was just making a joke because John. So let's jump to John. What anything else before I jump to Matt? Yeah, there's way more, but those like the, that's the crux of it. Those are the well, most no. Give me the way more. Give me like really quick. Just well, I mean, I, I like to. Re- I read ten pages a day now. I, you know, as as we talked about before, um, that was spurred by something else that I started doing. But for me, having like good mental health means starting my day focusing on personal development and reading ten pages of a book a day is is that area. So it's it's you know I'm not reading like fiction books. I'm not reading Harry Potter and those are books. And we just lost Whoa. another. And we just lost Whoa. another. We lost Whoa. another you're, sponsor. You're about to get kicked off this podcast because Rich and I are Potterheads, and you need to watch yourself when you're throwing that around. I'm just saying Le- it's not helping Leviosa. me with my personal development. That's all. Team Gryffindor. So Team, you know I read I'm, ten pages of a book a day, and that's so awesome. so simple and insignificant yet. I find that to be honest, I read way more because of that goal than I than I ever did before. I don't think it's insignificant at all. Um, so, Matt, you want to want to go to you? Yeah. What do you do? Please. Ah, uh, boy, I what Green, do I green do? eggs I, and ham. I do love my. <laughs> I do love a few a good, good Dr. Seuss book. Uh, okay. No, things. I think he meant that was your diet. Oh, I do also do. Yeah. I think I think um, okay. So you gotta you gotta stay fit and stay active. Um, I'm a oh we have a sponsor. A Pelot- I'm a Pelotonian, um, and so I believe um, being able to in a very brief period of time get my heart rate up to where it needs to be. I think that's incredibly important. I'm three days a week there, so not not seven like John is. I think for me stress is a big part of it, and so when the work day is done, the work day is done. Um, that means no more email alerts. No more answering questions. Even though I work at, we work in sort of a non-traditional industry where when someone needs access to their money, they need it and they don't care where you are. We have a really good team that we've put in place. So I, I think, um, again, having uh, some really healthy boundaries on when work needs to be done. Because I think for me, work is the number one stressor. So um, if one of the questions on this Living to 100 was, you know, how much stress do you have? And I put fairly low because it's only stress during the work period time and we're trying to get that number down. It was funny when, uh, you know, we kind of talked about our dads that 
the first question I had to my uh, general practitioner was um, when my dad died, I said, what tests do I need to take right now to make sure that this doesn't happen to me? And my dad passed away of a, of a glioma, which is a, a brain tumor. Right. And he said, listen, Matt, nothing you can do to prevent that. Nothing you can do to fix that. I mean, live a healthy lifestyle, obviously, but that's, that's not a genetic issue. That is something that just happens to the human body. And I, 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 we just talked about it. I'm going to get blood work done after this. I'm going to see my general practitioner. My, my question for him is, hey, I'm 41. I'm hitting the stride of my life right now. I'm doing the work that is meaningful to me. I have a beautiful family that is all healthy. Like, I don't want to be surprised. And what surprises me right now is when I pop onto social media and see a high school friend of mine has a stroke and dies, which, which happened two years ago. And it's like, wow, that literally puts it in perspective that like 41 is not old in the scheme of things, but things are still happening. And so I really wish, and this might go back to you, Rich, I wish the science side of it would catch, I wish my general protector would have said, hey, go get every test done on planet Earth and like, let's build a baseline and see what happens. But with, and I think the that's for another day, the topic of insurance and the way we have medical delivered in this country is needs, needs some work done, but that doesn't seem to be practical. He's not going to say, yeah, go get uh, go get a test for this and a test for this and a test for this so we can build that. It's almost like reactionary. Like, oh, we noticed this, so here's what the problem is. I wish there was a way around that, and I don't know the answer. But maybe, Rich, you might have it. I, think I don't. That's the benefit of um, of wearables. <laughs> <laughs> so put no, no, uh, a Depends diaper on? <laughs> no, I don't I, you, John. I, wearables, like, like a watch or a ring. I know there's like rings now that can like monitor sleep activity. Um, but I, I've been following this this guy's a PhD. I mean, and I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this probably know who his name is. His name's David Sinclair, um, and he he he's doing a lot in. I guess they don't really like the term anti-aging. They like the term longevity. Uh, sounds nicer. And uh, on one of the podcasts I was listening to, which by the way, I you know was a recommendation from you guys to listen to the Smart List podcast, and he was a guest on that show. That's how I came across him. And he was talking about how um, he was using an analogy with his cardiologist. And he said, well, you know, I've been using like such and such. I don't know what the device was that monitors different, um, you know, heart, uh, you know, stuff. And the cardiologist wanted to see that data because that data was far more valuable than a six second EKG that he could do in, in the office. And so having some of that some of that, those data points, he was basically saying that we are not very far away from a life where um, you will know before you're going to have a heart attack that you're going into, you're having cardiac issues because of these, because of these types of wearables. Like that's think, how much the technology is advancing. That's how quickly it's I, happening. I think it's so, you know, for me, and by the way, for everybody listening, you know, we do this stuff on evenings and weekends and we're all at home. So you, you might hear kids laughing and dogs barking or kids barking and dogs laughing. And that's just part of our above board <laughs> lifestyle. There you go. So if you should happen to hear that, um, we don't apologize. We ask you to embrace it because you live that same life too. Uh, you know, I think for me, um, and I don't know, Matt, did you have anything else? Cause then we'll, we'll jump to me and then, and then get, get some other thoughts in. Was there any other stuff that you kind of feel like you're, you're on? I, I loved your whole kind of concept about healthcare and, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I know when I worked in hospitals, how many times I wish I could just get a radiology and say, hey, can you just do like a head to toe PET scan really quick? And let me I see know, if like, I think of like pancreatic cancer, you know, which is which is such a horrible form of cancer. But the reason why it's such a horrible form is because it's so hard to detect. Right. And so I'm not asking science tomorrow to fix 
the answer to those, I'm asking for science or for my practitioner or for to, to say like, here's how we test some of those things. And maybe there is a way. I'm maybe just ignorant about the subject, but I feel like I wish I'm, I'm literally going to have a, a conversation with my doctor and I, I just want to be like, hey, do, is there anything I need to be like going to get a test for to rule out or to set a baseline for? I know what the answer is probably going to be like, hey, unless there's some sort of secondary uh, issues, then there, we typically don't do that. But I, boy, I sure would love to just like it's peace a real of mind, right? It's a real thing. I remember when I worked at a hospital that we were contracting with a, a, a some folks at a PET scan machine, and as I recall, they just said to show it to us. One of the business people, not a healthcare practitioner from the hospital, they said, "Here, we'll do one on you really quick, just to show you how quick the image." Blah blah blah. Long story short, it was random, and they found a tumor on on his kidney and mm-hmm. it was just like hey let's show you how this machine works Whoa. but yeah and 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 it was serious and they had to have surgery and it saved their life they had no symptoms no problems no issues um for me i and, and we'll probably end up at some point doing uh, a podcast about specifically about fitness and some we've got some of that on our list I, i've been into fitness since i was 13 years old and you're the fittest guy i know I am not, but yes, thank you. you. I don't. I don't know yes, if I'm the are. fit. That's nice of you to say. I don't think I am, but I've had a lot of you know medical conditions. I've, I've got peripheral vascular disease in my legs. My dad died from cancer, but he was also overweight and he was a smoker, and that that really traumatized me as a young person. I'm a registered nurse. Um, I took care of children with cancer, adolescents with cancer. I was a trauma nurse, so I've seen a combination of you know un, you know unfortunate genetics, horrible accidents, all of these different things. You know, so for me, you know, people often talk about fitness and they kind of joke about it. Like fitness, are you into fitness? Yeah, I'm into fitness, whole pizza in my mouth. So, I mean, I get it. Um, And for me, fitness is a way for me to prevent what little I can prevent. I, I, I probably at this point can't change my genetics. I can't prevent like what you were saying, Matt, about, you know, the unfortunate, you know, situation where you might get this type of disease process or that type of disease process. I have really bad circulation in my legs. So yesterday I walked four miles with my wife. I go to the gym when I'm not traveling. And even when I am traveling, sometimes as much as six days a week, I lift weights. I do cardio. I do track my, my fitness and you know, my resting heart rate is in the sixties. My blood pressure is low. My bad cholesterol is low. My good cholesterol is high. This is a combination of just being an older dad, having lost a dad at a young age, and also surrounding myself with younger friends, i.e. you two, and having young kids for my age because I have a younger wife and, and, and so I had kids kind of late, you know, later in life. I have an older, an older child from my first marriage, but it's, it's a combination of all those things. I get very frustrated and it's not to be judgmental and I fight this all the time. And I get so frustrated when I see people not doing the little things that they can do to, to take care of themselves and to help themselves. You know, I saw an actor, Frank Grillo, and I was following him on Instagram. He's a super fit guy. He's my age. And he made this comment that somebody said to him, a guy that was probably younger than you, John, said to him, wow, I hope when I'm, when I'm your age, I hope I look as good as you do. And Frank, without honestly, with no malice, it didn't sound like he just thought to himself, you don't look as fit as me right now. So what makes you think when you're 55, you're going to look fit, you know? So I I think it's the little things that we can do. It's the little decisions that we can make. You know, Matt, you made the joke about, you know, you had a cheeseburger, but you had a salad. But honestly, it's those little incremental changes. I work out a lot. 
Um, my sleep could be better. I think that's something that I struggle with. But I, you know, I take magnesium supplements. I meditate. Um, I track the sleep. I cut off caffeine now after three, which is hard for me. Like literally, it's two fifty-five, and I'm slamming a coffee because I get a headache because I'm caffeine addicted. Uh, but I, I think those little things. Um, I try to be fit. You know, John is very nice of you to say that I'm fit, but you know, I I work on it. My body fat is relatively low. I, I just think there's things that we could do. We owe it to ourselves. I have no idea what's going to happen. I I could get hit by a car next week or a stray bullet could strike me or lightning, or I've got something growing inside me that's going to kill me that I can't prevent. So some people say, well, you're going to die anyway. So live your, you know, have a feeling. Yeah. But I want to be able to like it, it, you know, I want to be able to get up and walk to the feast. You know, I want to be able to enjoy what I can and be able to pick up my kids and, and do all those kinds of things. So I, I don't I don't mean to interrupt, but you and Matt said something pretty important. In your case, you had mentioned meditation. Mm-hmm. Matt had talked about when the workday is done, um, being able to spend time with his family, not stress about work. And I think in, in we've talked a lot about these tangible things of exercising and drinking a gallon of water a day and, and making it very physical. But I think there's also, from a mental health standpoint, that is really impactful. Um, being able to manage your stress properly, like if, what's what's the use of living to 100 if we're you know um, we're we're stressed out, we're having heart attacks, and we're not living like you could you could live a very long life and not live a very fulfilled or happy life if you're constantly dealing with stress and depression and different you know anxiety and managing those things are all equally as important. I think I think 100, percent and and I think that that our mental health and our physical health and our spiritual health are completely tied together. Yeah. 100%. When when you're I mean Matt, wouldn't you agree? I mean when you're pelotoning, does that not help your mental health to some degree? Oh, absolutely. It's it's a completely different person once once a workout is done. Um and uh I I couldn't I I can tell when I need it even if it's not on a day that I have time for it. And so no, it's 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 a definitely it's a mind thing. I, and going back to John's wearables, you know, one of the things on the Apple Watch now for me was a um, breathe, and it happens every I don't know whatever it is, t- fifty minutes. And I, I used to just ignore it, like oh my my watch is buzzing. Now I actually take a big deep breath and like actually decompress. And I've noticed myself doing that more and more as the watch tells me to do so. And I love technology and I love the gadgets. Um, I love all of that stuff. One of the things I did notice with working out though. Was I was when I when I was on when I work out I normally could hit 180 beats per minute in my heart that was my max heart rate and I know the formula was supposed to be as you get older it gets down, it goes lower and I never believed that to this day and I'm I'm fairly fit I cannot hit 180 anymore I'm 41 years old going to be 42 here uh, in, in a couple months I can't hit those numbers and I'm really starting to see the age factor. Not saying that I'm unhealthy, but just the body can't handle what it could handle three years ago or four years ago or five years ago. I'm seeing that. And so that also is a motivator of saying, wow, I, I physically can see myself getting older and, and just using the heart as a, as a metric for it. And I want to just add to that, you know, being an older guy that works out, you know, and, and this, this is probably true no matter what your gender sometimes in the past I would get frustrated that I couldn't do what I used to do. And I've totally thrown that away. It doesn't bother me anymore. You know, sometimes I'm in the gym, literally. I had, I told John this, I think, I don't know if I told you this, Matt, but a, a guy younger than me came up to me. He was like, dude, how do you do it? You know, you're older. And, you, you know, it was very complimentary. It was very nice. 
And then he said to me, the classic dude thing, what do you think he asked me? How much can you bench? <laughs> and I said, I have no idea. What do you mean? I said, I, I don't flap. I don't do flat bench. I just, I can't do it anymore. Shoulder doesn't lie. I've had to change my workouts. I can't do CrossFit. I wouldn't do orange. Th- I'd be in the hospital, you know? So, yeah. I mean, for me, it's also just being realistic with what you can and can't do. Not letting that be, you know, if you're listening to this and you're completely out of shape and you're completely unhealthy, not feeling good about yourself and you're like, well, I used to be a gymnast or I used to be a cheerleader or I used to be a, you know, weightlifter, whatever, who cares? If you're okay, if you're well enough to get up and maybe do a walk around the block and that's what you got in you, then do it. And then tomorrow do it again and do it again until you can go around the block once and a half until you can go around the block twice. You know, John inspires people. I mean, in our neighborhood, John runs, you know, with his shirt off and people come out of their house and they just, you know, men and women alike faint. I mean, he looks so good. So, I mean, he's inspiring no, it's people. I'm with so this. pale. They're like, who is this Casper the ghost running our neighborhood? They're, it freaks them out. The light you reflects look, off my skin. My, but I, but my I, 12-year-old son saw you when we were coming home from karate and he, his literal words were, Uncle Johnny's jacked. So you look great, my friend. Well, I, I do think I, I mentioned working out every day. And although that is something I really do aspire to, I do try to work out every day. The definition of what a workout is changes each day. Like there, there are days where I have got nothing left in the tank. And after the kids go to bed, I just, I walk my dog. I just walk my dog for a half an hour, 45 minutes. I mean, that, it's not like I'm, you know, putting my heart rate to 180 every day and, and stressing my body in that way. Do you, sometimes do you meditate? It's literally like one foot in front of another for me some days. Do that's, you meditate? John, do. Do John, do you meditate? I, I do not as consistently as do, I think you do. Do you, Matt? No, I do not. I, I fought, I just, I've never been able, I've attempted. Um, maybe I haven't found the right program yet, but I, I find that just take, letting my mind wander elsewhere, I can actually do that without formal meditation. I, I, I don't know. I just I, feel like I can do it. I feel like for me, it's it's more regular than it used to be, but I find that when I do it, I'm more effective, sleep better, and feel better than when I don't do it. But I will be honest, I do it a decent amount, but not enough. And it's one of those things that I, you know, it's funny, I, I can rationalize with my family, with my wife, and with work or whatever, saying, hey, I'm going to go to the gym really quick. You know, I can schedule meetings around the gym. I still struggle with saying, hey, I'm going to go in the other room and meditate because I almost feel like, you know, and nobody makes me feel like that. My wife's like, great, go ahead. You know, the kids are cool with it, you know, whatever. But I sometimes almost feel guilty about doing it because I've not made it a formal part of who I am and what I do. But I, I force myself to try to do some, force myself to be relaxed. That sounds great. But I force myself to try to, you know, do something like that. So they have these um, meditation we, wearables that you put on your head and then I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think it's important. So we, we've covered a lot about living to 100 years old. You yeah. know, it, at least it's something. And, it, you know, I'm interested, you know, for, for folks that are that are listening to this, is, is that something that's important to you? And, and remember, the 100 years old is, is just, it's really more of a, Johnny, when you say it's almost, I mean, for you, it might be literal, but again, it is symbolic. It just, it's symbolic of a long life. It's symbolic of you know, being around for a while, leaving your mark and all that kind of stuff, right? Happy, healthy, fulfilled. That's what that's symbolic of for me. You know, there was something that I came across and it was a quote from Oscar Wilde, or at least that's who it was attributed to. Once again, the internet's always 100% accurate with everything. But apparently Oscar Wilde said, not to me, even though I am old, I'm not that old. But he said, to live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people just exist. Mm. 
And that weighed heavily on me because probably a lot of people are in a place in their life right now where that's where they're at. They're trying to get through work. They're trying to get through parenting. They're trying to get through money issues or trying to get through physical health issues or dealing with older parents or having kids who are struggling. And sometimes you feel like the day goes by, it's bedtime and you're like, okay, I got through the day. I've just existed. And you know, my encouragement is for anybody listening to this, how can you live? How can you live, whether that's physical, whether that's calling a friend? You know, and I, I wrote down these things. And guys, tell me what you think. You've already hinted at some of this. Keep learning. Would you guys not agree that that's something that's a super important thing? Um, keep questioning. Ask questions. You know, I, I thought it was great when Matt was like, you know, why, what, I'm going to ask my health care practitioner, you know, what about, what about this test? What about that? I think that's great. Um, remain curious, R- remain, you know, looking for reasons to be optimistic. The idea of making and keeping friends, looking for the good and being more grateful in life, finding what excites you. You guys, I've known you both for a while. You love what you do, love what you do. You care so much about your clients. It's amazing. I love what I do. Um, surround yourself with people who live you know, that you often hear, you know, show me who you hang out with and I'll show you who you are, that kind of stuff. I think that's so important. Do you guys agree? Oh. Well, since I only hang out with you two, um, for the most part, uh, this is a really self-reflective on your part. Then if, <laughs> if you don't think I live a healthy lifestyle, that's your fault, not mine. Blame it on us. Yes. What do you think, John? Oh, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I, lo- I love, I, I feel like I could talk about this stuff all day because it, it excites me and I am energized by the idea of, trying to live not only a fulfilled life, but a long life um, to be there for my family. And I I think especially because we got so into this whole idea of health and fitness and wellness and all that kind of stuff, there's so much that could be said about living life to 100%. I don't know. Maybe this is a whole other podcast that we do, Um, a living to 100 part two, where we talk about how to, how to kind of maximize just, you know, your day and your life. What do you guys think? Yeah, I feel like, and I feel like from my personal standpoint, like the destination is all going to be the same for all of us, right? The destination is all this, it's the journey. And so I'm less excited about living a long age. I'm less excited about that than I am excited about having a good journey to get to whatever that is. If it's 66, like it was for my dad, if it's next year, um, I want to be able to, if there's a moment before the passing takes place, I want to be able to look back and be like, Hey, that, that was a hell of a journey. And I don't know when that date's going to be. None of us do, obviously. But I, I want the journey to be a good ride. And that's where I really feel like on a day-to-day basis, uh, making sure those priorities are important. And balancing it with making sure you give your body and your mind the best chance of success. Um, you know, you, you read about those people who smoke and drink and live to 100. Like some of, like, a lot of these things are just out of our control. Right. Uh, but I, I feel like if I can make the journey a good one and make it a pleasant journey not a journey where it's full of constantly having to be repaired, um, then whatever that date is, that date, that date is. And, um, I'm going to slap let, some wearables on this guy. I don't, oh it, better not be, it better not be in a year from now. What are you talking about? I know, but so, I'm just saying you never know, know when, when your time is Would up. You, and, let, so. me, let, me, let me ask you both a question, really. A weird question, just throwing you off. I'll start with you, Matt. If there was a magic crystal ball that could tell you exactly the date and the time of your death, would you want to know? Yes. John, would you want to know? Yes. Would you? It makes it makes planning so much easier. You know, I, I, I don't I don't know that it makes planning so much easier for me as it well it does, but I also think that 
that would change the that would just change the landscape of how I view every minute of my day, especially if it was a shorter number, a younger number. What about you? I would not. I would not want to know. I thought. I thought as I was asking it, I was gonna. Isn't that weird? Literally, as I was asking it, I was like, I know my answer. And then as you guys answered, I just thought, like, what if like it popped up, like we we were able to do that, and it said, um, it's going to be Wednesday. I I I think that would be. Yeah, I mean, I'm going. That, we're, hey, boys, we're going. We're going on a trip. <laughs> Let's but, pack but bags. I don't think I would. No, I don't. I I think it's. I think for some reason it's just like, I I know. I wouldn't want to know. I would. Well, I feel like it'd be like. Reason. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like it'd be like waiting for the test results. You know, I've taken a lot of exams in our in our industry, taking a lot of tests, a lot of more computer based. So I picture this crystal ball being on a computer for some reason. I've already like it, and then like waiting to click the submit button. And then, like, okay, it's, like, loading, and the little wheel is spinning, and I'm like, okay, like, what's this going to be? And then, It, would, it like, would suck if your computer screen popped up and it went 9, 8, like, oh, 7, wait, wait, 6. <laughs> like, Y2K all over again. Um, I mean, that was, like, mid-80s. Mid-80s for me, like, you know, by that point, you still got it all together, and... John, John, John will still be running the neighbor with his shirt on. I, hey, I, guys! I, <laughs> what's up? I think well, it's a wise and noble answer to say no that you don't. I don't know, know if that. it's wise. I, I might no, be stupid. I, I do. I do. And and the reason I think that is, I mean, there, there's a reason we don't know the answer to that. So I, agree. I I there's probably something more to that than Matt and I are just like we need to know. Like, should we collect Social Security early or not? Yeah, I have so many planning <laughs> things I want to do. Yeah, like should I get the reverse mortgage on my, my house now? Like, you, know, <laughs> you guys go right. to I love it. Well, listen. Always go to finance. We we are super excited about all the cool things you're going to come up in season two of Above Board with Candor Path. Like all of our conversations being above board, being honest, transparent, and real, some of this conversation, we did not cover everything we wanted to cover. We will probably come back to this topic about living to 100, maybe from a different angle. But we're excited that you're here. We hope that you will share this podcast. You will like it. You will, you will comment. You will share it with your friends. We're grateful for you. For those of you all that follow me on social media because some of you might be coming from from there thank you so much for being such great supporters i am so tremendously grateful for my folks on tiktok my friends on instagram and uh my friends on youtube so on tiktok i am the rich b on instagram i'm memento m-e-m-e-n-t-o the rich b and on um, YouTube, I am the Rich Bee. We are grateful for you being here. I'm grateful for you. Guys, any closing thoughts? No, well done. You close it out, buddy. Good job. All buddy. right, man. Listen, you guys, we, we appreciate you being above board with us, and we hope to bring you some more. Thank you for being here. Hopefully, you'll tune in for some more. You guys, go out there and live your life to 100. Take care.